Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. One of the current topics they talk, we listen. Can you imagine getting into a business or a market where you actually spend a hundred billion plus on a piece of paper? Are you kidding me? It was like a frying pan of a head. I got nothing against CFOs. It was not just the job of a lifetime, it was the job of a thousand lifetimes. The third of this look back series is with an incredible human being. She's a formidable leader and now is the head of legal and finance services. She's a tax partner and at PwC, um, which we all know is a great professional service organization. In fact, most of us know um, it is one of the big four. This was a conversation about work as well as what was happening at the time. George Floyd was murdered by a police officer, and that sparked the worldwide marches um, for an end to brutality to people of colour. Teresa talked about how that made her feel and how PwC, led by Kevin Ellis, the chairman, had opened dialogues about this. Colleagues listened to their Black colleagues talk about how the incident made them feel. They talked about microaggression in the workplace, as well as positive and productive ways forward. It was such a heartfelt conversation. And we still managed to talk about tax and the tax world and what's happening there. So have a listen. I do, <laughs> I do. And it's quite strange because it means that, uh, it means that if people only see you in a certain context, that, um, or they only see a, set, a certain facet of, of your personality that they like to kind of put in their minds the whole of who you are is that bit of you that they've seen and so that's probably one of the things that I've learned as the leader is to try and bring the whole of myself into every interaction and so that's why the my LinkedIn bio which you were quoting from Yes. Um, is quite a personal one, and it was a very deliberate decision yeah. to make it both about business and about who I am. That's why I said in the introduction, it, it felt quite personal. Um, yeah. As opposed to your skill set, which most of us write in our LinkedIn description, I thought this felt quite personal. So it was a kind of, that's why in the introduction I said, you're all about personal mesh with business. So I wanted to know more about that. That is it. That's exactly that's exactly who I who I am in in the work context. And you know, you can describe your skills, but but quite honestly, you know, if you've been doing what I've been doing for for twenty five years, or you know, I'm a partner at PwC, your skills are almost by the by. But in terms of being a trusted business advisor to people. It is about who you are and it is about the relationships that you create with people. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, relationships is so incredibly important mm -hmm. that, that, you know, giving a little bit about who I am, I think is the first step to when people connect with me on LinkedIn, for as an example, that they know a little bit about who I am. Right, okay. So that's why, as you said, it's a, it's a deliberate entry into your yes. business profile. Yeah, very so. 
Um, in my introduction, I mentioned that um, you've won an award. Can you tell my audience a bit more about that? That was yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was last October, um, and it was the uh, at the Black uh, British Business Awards. Mm -hmm. Um, and I won the Senior Professional uh, Services Leader of the Year, mm -hmm. um, which I was uh, genuinely thrilled about. It, it, was, a, it was a great <laughs> evening, a great, great accolade. I'm moving on. Um, I, I'm not going to give a detailed introduction to this next question, but I want, um, because I want you to talk us through it. Um, yeah. What I will say is that this is a very, very current topic, and you have touched upon it, and we have touched upon it a little bit in the previous answer to the question, and it actually knocked um, COVID-19 off the headlines. Well, COVID-19 knocked Brexit off the headlines, and if something to knock Brexit off the headlines, it has to be big. So something to knock COVID-19 off the headlines, it must be equally big. We're talking about the um, Black Lives Matter movement, and how the killing yeah. of unarmed black man in the US has created this um, global debate and galvanized this movement to have black lives heard and start the often uncomfortable debate around race and racism and how do we all rid the world personally and professionally of this disease. Um, PwC recently had an internal live webcast topic Colour Brave Discussion where all the staff were invited and three leading black figures in the organisations were on the panel. You were one of them. Um, leading, yeah. leading from the top, it was hosted by the chairman of PwC, Kevin Ellis. Yeah. Talk my audience through the discussion, what you can talk us through, and um, how it came about, the content, uh, what was gained from it, what was the outcome? I'd really be interested to know that. Sure. Um, so the killing of, of George Floyd happened um, on the same day as the video was circulating of Amy Cooper, who was the woman in, uh, in New York, who called the police um, on, yeah, on a black man who had asked her to obey the Central Park rules. Yes. And, um, and that happened, it was actually half term, so I, I wasn't in the office uh, that week. So when I returned to the office the following week, I was inundated with um, the number of black and, and other ethnic minorities that reached out to me, but particularly the number of black people that reached out to me, um, who were really, really distressed um, by, by the, you know, what they'd seen and also how it made them feel. And people were very, very emotional. So the week before, the first week, because I hadn't been working, all of the, the discussions were amongst my family in particular and my friends but but when I got back into the office it then became clear that particularly our younger uh you know black people in the firm were feeling very very emotional mm -hmm. the other thing that they were feeling very, very emotional about was that they didn't feel that um their white colleagues were reaching out to them to ask them how they were mm -hmm. And in my belief, they mistakenly thought that um, that was because they didn't care. And in fact, uh, Kevin Ellis, our, our chairman, had taken the lead on this. So on the day that I returned to the office, he had sent out an email 
to all 22,000 people mm. um, talking about, you know, how, how um, uh, you know, just how bad this was and, and how um, our black employees must be feeling and encouraging people to reach out um, and, and just, just care. You know, one of our values as a firm is about caring. So just encouraging everybody to reach out and do so. Mm -hmm. so, so after that email was sent, I think uh, a lot of our black people got, you know, pro probably sort of more distressed because they felt that people weren't reaching out to them. Mm -hmm. And the more that I talked to people, the more that I recognized that actually people weren't reaching out because they didn't care. People were reaching out because um, they were uncomfortable doing so and they didn't know what to say. And they didn't necessarily kind of understand why something that happened 4,000 miles away was, was personally impacting, um, our, you know, the people in our firm. Mm -hmm. So talking to Kevin about it and to Laura Hinton, our chief people officer, um, their decision was that they wanted to, you know, taking the feedback on board, they wanted to do this live webcast for all 22,000 people in the firm. Mm -hmm. And we had a one hour conversation where there were, it was Kevin and uh, three of us, uh, all black, uh, two partners and a director, and we talked about race. So I, Kevin led off by saying this was the most uncomfortable webcast he'd ever done. He was anticipating it was going to be uncomfortable. But it, it, he made the point that as a white privileged male, he needed to get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and you couldn't actually address anything without having the conversation and being prepared to move forward. So he asked me to explain why, why George Floyd's um, killing resonated with me and, um, and why we were hearing, you know, what we were hearing from other black employees. The second snippet is with an old colleague of mine from the Netherlands office, Eric Vesselman. Um, he's a partner and the head of digital transformation advisory at KPMG Netherlands. The conversation was recorded in the height of the lockdown and we pretty much talked about the, you know, that sort of uncertain aura that everyone had, as well as some of the, the positives of spending a lot of time at home away from the office and remembering what our children look like. Um, have a listen. Uh, I do see differences in the impact. I mean, what we've seen in uh, in Italy and Spain is uh, really outrageous if you compare it to what's, what we see in the Netherlands with the numbers. Huh? It's, it's ridiculous. Also, the UK obviously is hit very yeah. hard. Yeah. I think the new normal has been set in that way. And I remember that... Uh, I think it's more than 10 years ago, we were talking about uh, the new way of working, the modern way of working, which was working remotely from home, etc. And uh, many organizations, also tech companies, uh, focused on it to make it happen. And I think COVID-19 sort of accelerated that yeah. whole process, right? Uh, everybody's on Teams or on Zoom or, or other uh, solutions. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's working for us. So I think uh, it's incredible that that accelerated in that way. And I can also imagine that, that companies rethink, uh, let's say, uh, their current uh, yeah, way of working with having infrastructure like buildings and all these kind of things. Yeah. Like, do we really need these big buildings? 
uh, and or is there maybe a disruption coming on with uh, let's say companies that rent out uh, facilities yeah uh, flexible mm -hmm. flexible offices mm -hmm. uh, to to make the cost for these offices more flexible i'm not saying that that's a kpmg policy it's just mm -hmm. something i see and hear in the market in general Mm -hmm. is that companies are reconsidering all these square meters that they have, yeah. which are very expensive or can be very expensive, especially yeah. in capital cities like Amsterdam, London, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, do we really need them or can we downsize it and uh, uh, use the cash for other purposes, yeah? mm -hmm. like staying relevant in the marketplace that's changing rapidly? So. Yeah. I was having a similar conversation with a veteran in the management consulting business and he also mentioned that perhaps there's an element of going back to working the way we used to. You know, when we had the cubicles, that sort of partitions that separated every individual that sort of had yeah. a form of hot desking, that would have to be implemented for those who cannot comfortably work at home. And as you say, there's many people that cannot work at home, so they would have to have that. So it's almost as if we're going a step back in a way. And also, as you mentioned, with a lot of organisations with their um, estate, what are they going to do with a lot of that when perhaps 50 or even more percentage of their organization, people will be working at home. There's a lot of things to consider. And also behind all of that, the economy as well. So um, it'll, interesting times is probably the wrong phrase to use, but it will be- uh, Difficult times. Yeah? It's difficult times to navigate at least. So, because we just don't know what the future looks like and how the economy will, uh, yeah, will develop, right? So. Exactly. can be very dark scenarios could also be yeah positive yeah. i don't know yeah. now that concludes this episode of the look back series i hope you enjoyed these snippets and do check out the full original episodes in the show notes Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders, and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.